I love money and I'm sure you do as well. Today's episode is all about financial freedom and how you can live the lifestyle that you want. It does have sacrifices and you have to have discipline, but these easy, simple tips that are in this episode will put you on the right path. Did you know that if you're 14 years old, invested $2,000 a year until you're 18 and put that into an account that is 10% growth, you will have over $1.1 million by the time you are 65. Wow, why didn't we all start when we were 14? Well, they just don't teach you this stuff in school. So if you want to be on the path to financial freedom, listen to this episode. Welcome back, bosses, to the Lily Grace Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Lily Grace York, and I'm here to talk all about how I glowed up and showed up in order to get where I am today. I still have a ways to go as I'm building my designer empire, but I want to take you along with me as I share glimpses into my life hacks, designer perspective, relationships, brand, and business that captures the authentic Lily Grace lifestyle. Hi everyone, today we are talking about money. This is exciting because I love money and I'm sure most people do, but what people don't understand is how to save their money, keep their money, track their money. And my special guest, Shelly DuPont, has known me ever since I had my first trip to the dentist when I was probably about two years old um, because she was my dental hygienist. So sad now that she's moved away, but so happy for her. Over the years, I have learned more about our similar passion for finance and just our love of organization. And since then, she has shared all of her plans with me about her financial freedom and just been a wealth of knowledge to me when it comes to money and just what she's so passionate about. So Shelly, would you like to introduce yourself to us? I'd like to begin with thank you for having me on your podcast. I've been an avid listener and I'm very excited for you. Thank you. Well, I just recently semi-retired. I've been a registered dental hygienist for 31 years and my husband and I had this vision of deciding to take on the responsibility of our finances and saw an early retirement and here I am in Florida. (laughs) Yeah, it's so much warmer there, I'm sure, than here. So that's just fabulous. (laughs) Yes. So the first question that I ask everyone, actually, um, what defines your lifestyle? Well, my lifestyle is one of contentment. Mm. I have, I'm really enjoying the life that I'm living and I've come to appreciate that And this is what I've been dreaming about for some time. So for me, being appreciative of my surroundings and where I am in my life and just enjoying the simple things and not being stressed out about money. Yeah, no, that's fabulous. I love the word contentment, especially nowadays with COVID. I'm sure people are searching for that a lot. So it's really great that you found that for yourself because you've worked hard to get there. Yes, Um, So can you tell us a little bit about your background and your, maybe your childhood growing up? Yes, I actually come from farming. My husband and I both come from farming. Mm. So that kind of began my good work ethic. And I think early on too, in my career, uh, right after graduation, I chose a position that was more of a challenging one. I decided Mm. to take the public health path. And, And honestly, it really did shape my career. Because I believe when you take on a position that is more of a challenge um, early on with the population that served, your resources can be limited. Mm -hmm. Um, But 
it really kind of empowers you to move on to bigger and better things when time goes on. And I think back to that time and my college roommates and I all chose positions that really weren't for the faint hearted and that required a lot of our energy and our resourcefulness. Mm -hmm. I think surrounding yourself with the right people is empowering, you know, and taking on this position enabled me to move right into specialty practice, um, you know, based on the level of care I was providing and the experience that I gained. You know, and while I'm on this topic, another point I'd like to like to make is taking advantage of opportunity. And I also took part in an opportunity by volunteering with my professional organization as a student I belonged. And then after I graduated, I stayed tuned with that. And I served on a small level on committees. Mm -hmm. And I kind of got into leadership. And they taught me a lot, you know, in that experience. And that really opened the door for me to get into guest lecturing and also um, consulting. Mm -hmm. And that's something I never thought I would do in my 40s. Um, but it really all you know, started from that volunteering experience and putting myself out there and finding those, um, those hidden talents. I mean, I realized I like being up there at the podium and, and it was just brought me a lot of joy. And it was like a, like a new niche. It also boosted my income too. So I think we need to all recognize our talents and skills and not be afraid to explore them and really make it happen instead of saying what happened. Oh, that's a really good point. I totally agree. And I think it's so inspiring that you've kind of found your way throughout life and you started from a very young age working hard and just realizing opportunities because I feel like a lot of young people nowadays might have trouble looking at the positive side of things or just finding opportunities in general, even if they are disguised because there's so many distractions around us. And especially in a world of COVID, it's kind of a sad place in a sense, but there are also so many chances to take. What in your childhood or growing up really affected um, your career in general and your path of life, I guess? Well, that's an interesting question because originally I was going to be a nurse and then I ended up getting into dental hygiene. Um, I think just choosing a career and, mm -hmm. and going to college because my parents did not attend college. And I, I knew that I wanted to help people because that's kind of where we come from. You know, my mom always taught me to volunteer and to, you know, just to be connected with community and I find that the career in dental hygiene really kind of was able to fulfill that. When did you start to think that you wanted to be financially literate and independent in your life? Was there a turning point? Definitely. When we first um, got married, we pooled all of our income and our debt together. And it was really startling to see how much debt was there. Um, my husband had a lot of credit card debt. I had some student loan debt and I had purchased a brand new car after I graduated because I thought I was entitled to that. And, you know, after driving a car that I had to fix a lot, I said, oh, I'm making good money. I'm just going to buy a brand new one. And mm -hmm. yeah. So once we realized what we had in front of us, I started to list the debt on a piece of notebook paper mm -hmm. and said, okay, how can we pay this down? Then I also realized how much interest was being charged and vowed not to be subject to those high rates ever again. So we paid all the debt off. Then we bought our house <laughs> and then we bought new cars and snowmobiles and motorcycles and campers and golf carts. <laughs> and they were all low interest. 
but the payments were taking up the majority of her income. Mm-hmm. Well, everyone has payments, right? You know, everybody's driving a new car and has this and has that. But we decided in 2008, you know, to take a good look at where we're at with our debt, where we'd like to be. We talked to moving to Florida, moving to Arizona, mm-hmm. early retirement, and we still had a mortgage, car payments, carried some credit card balances at zero. But we were also talking about contributing to our son's college um, when the time came, because he was going to be graduating high school in five years. Mm-hmm. And luckily, we had started doing some investing on a small level and participate in our 401ks. But we needed to up our investing and get rid of this debt. So we decided as a couple, we wanted to pay off our house by fall of 2019 and purchase a retirement home in Florida, cash flow our portion of our son's college and pay off the remainder of our, remainder of our debt and up our investment to like 17% of our income in our 401ks and to do it all by 2020. Wow. Can I just ask you, how old were you when you got married? I was 25. Wow. No, that's so impressive that, and you kind of took it on as a team. And I think that's a key point there too. But I think that's just so powerful because people, when they get out of college, I'm not out of college quite yet, but I feel like once they get that big paycheck the first year, they're so excited to just spend their money right away. But um, I feel like delayed gratification is where it's at. And you kind of lived through that from 2008 till now, and now you're really happy with your life. Absolutely. You know, it really gets down to wants versus needs and getting out of that entitlement piece. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's a lot of um, a lot of competitiveness amongst people. Um, and we need to kind of get away from that who has what and, you know, we don't necessarily need to upgrade our devices like people think they do, mm-hmm. you know, or keep up with what other people have. It's about it's just about having that mindset of being what gets back to the contentment, being happy with, with what you have and, and really seeing where you want to be mm-hmm. because we never get there by accident. I didn't jump in the car and get down here into Florida. We had to map the trip out. Exactly. So my, my financial journey didn't happen by accident. It was a lot of goal setting, a lot of very specific goal setting mm-hmm. and, and staying on track and not being discouraged and, you know, and looking at the timeline and seeing how you want to get there. But there's so many tools now to help you get there. You know, in my early days on the notebook paper, we didn't even have computers back then. I mean, I had my old adding machine, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and just trying to figure things out. And now there are various amortization calculators mm-hmm. and also interest calculators and just different things, um, budgeting apps and so many different ways to get there. That's awesome. And I definitely am more of like an old school type person because I still have like, I'm staring at them right now, like notebooks and notebooks of like finance stuff and just my goals in general. Um, but I have found specific apps, like I use Life Budget to track my spending. I use personal capital. So overall, did you have to make sacrifices? And it kind of sounds like you had to, but were they truly sacrifices in your eyes? And um, what advice can you give people? No, honestly, they didn't feel like sacrifices to me. I kept focusing on that 2020 goal. So not going out to eat as often or buying things we honestly did not need was was not a hardship. The majority of our friends were spending freely and upgrading things. So sometimes, you know, that was a little bit 
um, discouraging because of the remarks. Oh, well, you know how cheap I was, <laughs> but I really didn't care. You know, if we really wanted something for ourselves or our son, we would just save up, save up the money. Oh, we would earn the extra cash. Mm. Um, so we would take on side work and things of that nature, you know, especially my husband, because he does like to spend. Mm -hmm. So getting into this whole 12 year path, you know, there were times where he really wanted something and I'd say, well, I don't see it in the budget if you really want to hit that mortgage principal. So he would go out and get a side job and earn the cash. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, that brought him some joy as well. It, it you know, it brought me joy uh, to save rather than spend. That's mm -hmm. always been my nature. So I get joy in knowing that um, that I'm 100% debt free. Yes. And yeah. that, you know, we're, we're actively investing. And it also gives us a chance to give. Mm -hmm. When you're in a good financial position, you can give more, mm -hmm. and and that's and that's something that's that's very gratifying too. And now that I have all this free time, I can give more of my time too. <laughs> totally. And what can you tell people, say my age, college students or young adults, um, who say want to save money right now and kind of set themselves up for financial freedom in the future, like what types of sacrifices should we be making? I think it starts with choosing a major that will result in a solid career. Mm -hmm. Back in my day, the students would just pick whatever, you know, was their fancy. And nowadays it really has to be something concrete that you can make a living at because the cost of living mm -hmm. has just, inflation is just, is crazy. So I think starting with a solid career, um, you want to borrow as little as possible for your student loan debt. Yeah. You know, be resourceful. I worked three jobs my last year um, of school. So I, I feel that. that down. <laughs> yeah, it's hard, you know, and it, it means that you may have to partake on less um, parties and things like that, but you have the rest of your life for enjoyment. Exactly. So it just means you stay that you're, you know, that you're in your, your apartment and that you're always working. <laughs> you never partake in student life, but it's that balance. And you know, so finding ways to earn the extra money and developing a healthy relationship with money. It's okay to have conversations about money. Mm -hmm. It shouldn't be off limits. I think a lot of people um, think it's taboo. They don't talk about it mm -hmm. and they don't live in their financial truth. So I think talking you know, about money, identifying how you feel about money, the wants versus the needs and living at or below your means, mm -hmm. you know, because it pays off later. Once again, not having to have every upgrade of technology or, or six pairs of that kind of shoe, maybe right. two do, or, you know, or trying to repurpose things. Um, so that's my advice to young people. Wow. Now that's some really, really great points. And I, I feel like especially um, not living above your means, whether you're young or old is so important. Like my father, um, ever since I was young, always said, like, don't buy it unless you have the cash. I think it's so important to realize how much you have and be able to spend that. And then it's more gratifying um, to like earn that money, save that money than buy what you want or need. You know, absolutely. And that does bring me back to that turning point. In 2008, we also went to something I call real time. So we would no longer use credit cards to buy things mm. and, you know, carried balances and whatnot. We just, that was it. If we don't have the money, we didn't get it. And I've been living in real time since that point. And it, you know, I'm not saying I do have one credit card we use because sometimes you have to buy things on a credit card, but I pay it off right away. Right. But I have never carried a balance since 2008. Wow. And, and, uh, and I save up, you know, for, for things, even big purchases. I put the money away so mm -hmm. much by the month and I even put away for 
I even save up for like my car insurance. You get a big savings if you pay once a year instead of installments. So Mm. I take out so much per month and make, you know, so it's right there for when you have to pay your property taxes and things like that. It just all works out. It all comes off the top. You don't even see it. Yes, exactly. Because I have a credit card too, but I've used it probably like like five times or something like that. And other than my student loans, I don't have any debt. And I think, again, it's just so important to know what you have and spend what you have if you so choose. So the next question is, who were your inspirations or role models that you look up to in the financial field? Because you're so knowledgeable, but I'm sure you have many role models that you'd like to share. (laughs) Well, early on, it was just me being you know, prudent on how we're going to get rid of this debt. Mm-hmm. And then I tuned into Susie Orman. I thought she was fabulous. She had a show on and myself, my husband and my son, we all sat down and watched it every week. And, and that kind of started with, you know, understanding more about um, like life insurance and some of the things that you really should have for a safety net and, and emergency funds and things. Then I moved into the Dave Ramsey group. Yeah. And I've only been I've only been a Dave Ramsey follower for, for two years, but honestly, I, I wish I would have found him um, a long time ago. I've read all of the books that all of the personalities have written, and I've shared the books because they're fabulous. And I listen to the podcast. And even though I am what they call baby step seven, which is I'm on the last, yep. you know, I don't have any debt, I still listen you know, just so that way I, it makes me feel like I'm, you know, I've done well and it, it, you know, it makes, it just continues to feel me to stay on the budget. Right. Cause even though we're, we've, we've reached <laughs> the end of the finish line, it doesn't stop here. I'm exactly. still budgeting. I'm still budgeting. I'm still mindful. I'm enjoying myself more than I ever have in all honesty, but we're both still careful and just, you know, aware that's awesome because um, I I have the book too, Dave Ramsey's book behind me. I I don't know why, but I guess when I was super young, my dad always listened to audiobooks, um, Thinking Grow Rich, all the classic ones like that. And I, sitting in the car, I was listening to this too when I was six years old. And I was like, wait, this is how people get rich. And this is the secret to life. Not saying money's everything, but it was just so empowering to me as a young child for some reason. So ever since I was young, I've been like, how, how can I do this? How can I be financially free? And I think Dave Ramsey is a really good, a good one to learn from. And also just something else. Do you think that schools set people up for financial success? I don't feel they do. I know in my school, because that would be some time ago, um, we did cover how to learn how to how to use a checkbook, but I I don't think they cover enough about how much people borrow, mm-hmm. you know. And getting back to the checkbook, you know, and things about budgeting, you know, nowadays you can access your bank account in any given mo- moment, mm-hmm. and you can balance your checkbook. I balance once a week, um, but I mean, you know, honestly, you can balance it anytime you want to. You don't have to wait for the statement to come in the mail. Yeah. You know, my day was so archaic on how I went about things. And now with everything, with all the apps, like I mentioned, and spreadsheets, and you can even, my son, actually, I'm really proud of him because he's 25 and an engineer, and he's really working on on his financial uh, you know, journey. And he shared with me before I came down to Florida how he has his bank account linked to his spreadsheets. Everything he spends zips right into whatever column it's supposed to. I don't know how he does that, but he, he's the one who actually created all of my spreadsheets and the pages are all linked and, and it's pretty amazing. It even changes up for a five-week month. 
he could do that for a side job, like create people's spreadsheets. That's incredible. <laughs> yes, he absolutely could. He actually wanted to develop a budgeting app. Um, he did, was looking into a him and a friend, but they did. There's so many of them. I think he kind of moved on. But yeah, he, it's definitely hard to create an app, I know, but that's so cool. <laughs> yeah. So the next question, so we're talking all money and all using all these terms and stuff, but what if someone's listening and they don't know where to start? What is the first step that you could tell someone who's a little bit interested in getting all their ducks in a row with their money? What would you tell them to start? The shortest path to wealth is becoming debt-free. Once you free up your cash, it's yours to spend, invest, and enjoy. Um, and to save. So I think starting by just listing their debt, and that's what I call living in your financial truths, just sitting down with your partner. And I think this has to be, this has to be a united front Mm -hmm. to get anywhere. So you have to, you know, talk to your spouse or, you know, the person in your life that you are sharing your financial life with, and you need to see see what's uh, list your debt and your debt and your expenses, and see where you can cut expenses. You know, once people start tracking what they are actually spending, they're amazed at how much money goes for things that are not necessary mm. and can be used for debt elimination or savings. Um, you want to tell your money where to go, and assign every dollar to a purpose. Think of it as a spending plan. So it's just identifying what's coming in, what's going out. You don't even need to. Right. You just need a piece of paper and a pen and your accounts. Yes. No, I totally agree. And back to the app stuff. Um, I use Life Budget and it's literally just tracking what I spend and what I bring in and then it puts it into a category and then it makes charts for me and stuff. So it's great. But it's so simple to just after I do a transaction, just type down like $17.99 for food. And then I can see the category of how much I spend on food. And I spend a lot on food. I guess I eat a lot. (laughs) But um, it just then you just track it down and it's almost like using cash. You see the transaction go through and it's so much more powerful than just clicking order <laughs> and then leaving it. Exactly. I mean, the majority of people here in our country have their check direct deposited and they have a debit card or a credit card and they just swipe, swipe, swipe. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have people in my circle that spend $500 a week going out to eat. That's a lot. What could you, Lily Grace, what could you and I do with an extra five dollars a week? <laughs> oh, we could just have like an endless, you know, things that we could do with that. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like found money for people. Once they sit down and say, oh, wow, I go to Dunkin' Donuts twice a day or Starbucks. Ooh, mm-hmm. you know, that's $12.99, you know, a day when they could just maybe get one a week and make their own coffee and get a nice, in, invest in a nice travel mug that makes yeah. them happy. Exactly. And That's perfect because that kind of leads us into the next thing. I've been reading um, Smart Women Finish Rich by David Bach, and he basically talks about the latte effect. I don't know if you've heard about this, but basically the same thing. If you spend, say, I'm guessing $3 a day at Dunkin' Donuts on your coffee, and then you times that by seven times however many weeks in a year, it's a lot of money. It's like probably over a thousand dollars and you could invest that money three dollars a day and then make a million dollars by the time you retire if you're my age and it's kind of incredible even the little tiny purchases whatever you buy it adds up (laughs) it does you know and and that gets into you know the power of investing you just touched upon investing Mm -hmm. and you know you know interest that you earn 
is a reward. Interest that you pay is a penalty. Mm -hmm. So people that are maybe charging their Dunkin' Donuts coffee on their credit card and, you know, and not paying the balance off every month. I mean, that really can add up to, you know, to extra penalty when you could be having that amazing reward of the compound interest. I mean, it just, you know, it, it really does speak volumes about if, if people can direct their dollar to where it needs to go. You know, and I do, I would like to comment, what we're talking about, Lily Grace, is something you and I are very passionate about and, and feel good about it. We live it. And it's just like, for us, it's, it's not even, you know, effort. Yeah. But there are some people that don't agree. Mm -hmm. They like, oh, I'm living for now. Uh, what am I planning for the future for? I want to, I want every, every corner I turn, I want to be happy. I want what I want. But I think people have to understand that things don't necessarily fill what they think they're trying to find. Yes. You know, money isn't, you know, stuff isn't always going to be that and recipe. Yeah, exactly. To your point, I was listening to this keynote speaker yesterday um, and she was talking, she's a happiness psychologist, which is so cool, but she was saying that only 10% of our happiness um, comes from our circumstances and the things around us, physical mm -hmm. things around us. So someone coming, living on the street versus someone living in a mansion, only 10% of that happiness is because of their circumstances. The other 90% is your perception and your genetics, actually, which is interesting. But yes, that just shows, I like that. Yeah, that just shows it's all mindset and that money cannot buy you happiness in the sense of things. Like if you if you're, I don't know, obsessed with like purses, like if you have all the purses in the world, you can be 10% happy, maybe. But the rest of that is all mindset. And for me, money can buy happiness by freedom and by not worrying about where I'm going to be tomorrow or the next day and not worrying about where I'm going to be after retirement and things like that. Contentment. Yes. It's back. <laughs> it all comes back to it. Dave Ramsey talks a lot about emergency funds. Do you believe in emergency funds as well? Absolutely. That's one thing my grandma taught me way back when I was a young girl. She used to always talk about pay paying herself back. And essentially what she was talking about was her emergency fund. But at the time I didn't, you know, quite see it that way, but she taught me about, I, you know, I forgot to mention in my, you know, in introduction, she taught me a lot about saving. My grandmother did very well with, um, with her, with her resources. And she went to college, actually, she was born in 1912. So to have gone to college back in that time frame is pretty, pretty wow. interesting. She was, yeah, she um, graduated with a business degree. Um, but absolutely, emergency fund helps you out because it helps you stay on track. Because every time we turn around, things are happening that are beyond our control. You need a new tire on your vehicle. Um, this breaks, or you need to replace that. So if you have an emergency fund, then you just say, oh, okay, well, I need $55. I'm going to take that on my emergency fund. The ship's still going to sail for the month. Yep. I'm going to do whatever I need to do for my budget. And then you can slowly put that $55 back. You know, so, so it, it isn't, doesn't take you a hundred steps back. You know, I mean, I like to have three to six months emergency fund. Yes. That, that's my, you know, now I have way more than that, but I think that's a good start for people is three to six months. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we all know about what, you know, back when the federal employees were furloughed, they couldn't get their paycheck for a couple of weeks. Well, even just talking to some people that I knew and that's in that type of a, a position, they were borrowing off their 401ks mm -hmm. because they didn't have two weeks paycheck. 
and but they didn't have an emergency fund. It just gets back to you know, no matter where you are, you know whether you're working in a a very you know a simple position and you're still a student, or you're well established mm-hmm. and you own your mm-hmm. home, emergency funds are still important. Yes, and do you believe that everyone coming from any type of background can start taking these financial steps? Most definitely, you can absolutely you can you can be at any level um, in your life, and and start taking control of your finances. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter, um, you know, what, what your, what your earnings are. It's never too late to start. You know, it just gets to being totally honest with, you know, with what you have for debt, taking a solid look at what's coming in for income and going out monthly bills and making it un- a united front. If you're a couple developing the budget, having some goals, staying focused and finding ways to earn extra income, mm-hmm. you know, and so that's always the thing too, is, you know, bumping up, Hey, you know, picking up a second position, if you need to getting some overtime, you know, it, you know, it's hard for a family, you know, that has small children, you've got to be home, you know, it's, it's, it's just about working together. But once again, it gets down to spending. Right. I mean, there are some everyday millionaires out there who have an income, a couple of $50,000 between mm-hmm. the two of them. And, but they're everyday millionaires, meaning their net worth is a million dollars or more with their investments, their paid for home and their, you know, the minimum amount of debt that they have. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't mean that you have to pull in over a hundred thousand dollars as a couple or an individual to get ahead. 80% of, um, of just your awareness and your effort. It's not, it's 20% head knowledge. It's yes. just you applying yourself. So that's essentially what it is. So you can be from any background from, from any starting point and say, okay, how do I want to live my life? Back to that point, in a sense, like I feel like a lot of people have limiting mindsets. Say they're working paycheck to paycheck or living paycheck to paycheck. And I feel like some people are scared um, to even look at their finances because it's a scary thing sometimes, even for me. Yeah, I just think it's seeing opportunities and starting to track your money to see where you're at is where you start. <laughs> Definitely. And I think, and I think sometimes it is overwhelming for people when they do live in their financial truth. It's like, they just want to just put it, the, the papers away and forget about it and just say, yeah. Oh, well, I'm just, I'm stuck. But you know what, when you start to see, you know, uh, some success with just taking the smallest debt yeah. and paying that off, you know, wow, you see that victory and it just fuels you to keep going. And then you take the money from that bill and mm-hmm. put it on the next bill. That's what they call snowballing. You know the snowball effect of eliminating your debt, and then before you know it, it's all gone. Whether it takes eight months, eighteen months, or five years, right. you know. And then, like I said, this was a this was a twelve year journey for me. Yeah, it's, it's twelve years is a long time, but you know, I did it, and um, and I'm here, and I have a hundred percent no regrets. I'm I'm really I'm living the life like I opened with, living the life that I love, and that works for my husband and I. Yeah. And what did you have changed anything throughout your journey? Is there something that you're like, oh, I wish I didn't do that? <laughs> yeah, I wish that we after we get rid of the debt, when we first get together, we get ourselves back in again, even though it was low percentage rates. Mm-hmm. I wish I would have I wish I would have, um, you know, shied more away from debt early on and get, get had better control mm-hmm. and invested more. But honestly, my investments are ahead of where I thought they were going to be at this point in time. Wow, congratulations. Yes, thank you. You know, and even with, and I, I always think another point I want to make is getting with a good 
financial advisor. I have an amazing person that I work with. I have for like the last um, almost 20 years and she's great. And finding someone that you connect with that explains things to you and takes the time. It's not someone that's just going to railroad you. Here's where your money's going to go. Yeah. And they can guide you on, on, you know, picking some good funds to invest in. I, I don't think people should go it alone. I think it's a little risky. Mm, definitely. And say someone's about to retire right now, what can you tell them for retirement? And if they're starting late, like what is their tip for that? Cause you kind of told us for college students, but what about older people? I think once again, it's just taking control of what's in front of you with your, with your debt and seeing how much money can be freed up for debt eliminations, savings and investing and, and consulting with that investment professional and you know, looking for a budgeting app, looking for like the Mint app or or the Every Dollar, and just say, okay, what's coming in, what's going out, you know, how can I do some saving? Looking at your 401k, there's a lot of companies match. Mm. So looking at your 401k, and if you you know if that isn't an option, opening up an IRA or a Roth IRA and starting to put some money away. The magic of compound interest. Mm. It's amazing how that can work. And even if, you know, even for me, even though I left my job, I'm, I'm working on a second career. Yeah. Tell us about that. (laughs) I'm also a tax preparer and this, this will be my, actually my third year doing it. And I'm kind of diving into it now that I have time. I'm taking all these classes online. I'm upgrading my knowledge because I want to. Mm. I mean, it's always nice to have a little bit of extra income, even though we, we have, we have what we need to manage mm-hmm. and, you know, until it's our, you know, for the next 30 years or whatnot, um, or more, um, I still feel like it's, it's, it's healthy for us yeah. to have a little bit coming in. So, I, so that's a nice little seasonal job for me that I can do. And I like to help people. Mm. And, you know, honestly, I, I would like to do financial advising. Yeah, that's something I've thought about too. But I would also, hire you. <laughs> thank you. But I'm also really good at finding, you know, I, I really understand the tax law um, very well. And I like to save people money. And I also take that opportunity when I do have clients that, you know, when we're all done with the taxes, I'll say, you know, have you thought about investing on a pre-tax basis? Because this can lower your tax liability, you know, because I might have a couple come in that like in their early twenties or yep. mid twenties or whatnot. And, you know, and explain to them that, wow, you know, if you want to take advantage of this, you can invest now. And this is how much you can save on your taxes next year by, and imagine how much money this is going to make for you 25 years from now. So I love having those conversations. (laughs) So I think the taxes kind of ties in with that. Definitely. I think that's a great group to have um, in your, in your toolkit. (laughs) Um, And just overall, do you think it's still important to treat yourself every once in a while? Like it sounds like you have a very exciting plan and just future ahead, but are you ready to treat yourself? (laughs) Absolutely. As long as the purchase is something that you really want, you will use it and you can pay cash for it. Mm. There are times that I think I want something and I sleep on it, you know, and then I, I decide, you know, so I, I think, it, and I'm actually have to give myself permission to spend right now, Lily Grace, <laughs> because I'm used to, you know, getting to this, to this point. I, you know, definitely didn't rush out and get everything in front of me. Mm-hmm. So now I have an opportunity where I can't be a little more um, free, spend a little more freely but I still, I still look at it very carefully and make sure that it's something I really want and really going to use. Yeah. So, but I think it is nice to treat yourself, you know, and it could be, 
you know, just something small. It doesn't have to be as long as you pay cash and you save up for it. I mean, right. sometimes along the way, it, it it makes sense. I mean, I think of a couple of vacations that we took. We took a couple of cruises during this 12 year, you know, cruise cash cruises. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because a lot of people forget about that five week month. Sometimes there's two or three, five week months in a year mm. and you, you subtract your weekly expenses and look what's left out of that paycheck. You can use that to pay a bill. You can take yourself on a vacation. You can treat yourself. So people need to look at that and they often don't. The money just goes in the bank and they from their automated paycheck and they don't even realize it's there and that you can use that extra fifth week. Yeah. Wow. That's such a good tip. And I have to say myself too, I, the delayed gratification thing always comes up in my life and I sleep on purchases too. Sometimes I give myself a week or so. It's so hard, especially with all this marketing, social media stuff, but it's like, it really defines whether I need or want items. (laughs) That's good for you. I mean, you know, it is so easy to buy things now online and the social media is just, you, you flip through and people are showing off their new this and their new that. And, oh, I mean, some people that are just, you know, very early in their financial journey feel kind of deflated. Oh, you know, I just saw that so-and-so has this and has that. Yeah. And that's what gets back to that contentment and just, you know, don't get it caught up in the competitive, the competitiveness of others and how they're living their life or what they have for things. Mm. It's what's in front of you and what you have and, and, and just appreciating that. So what has been your biggest takeaway from your journey so far? My biggest takeaway has been, I'm going to get right back to investing, the, the power of that compound interest. It's just amazing once you start putting money into something, um, how quickly it grows. And it's, that just brought me a lot of joy to see that, you know, in, in, that, in that part of it. So I think that's what's, and just the, just the, the liberating part of, of just knowing that I, if I need something, I have a way to pay for it. You know, that's what's the takeaway for me has been, it's just all been worth it to have, to be in this position. You know, sometimes it was hard getting there. Mm. It was very challenging getting there on, on occasion, you know, but now that I'm there, it's just the best takeaway is having the financial freedom and seeing how much money can work for you. That was so powerful. And I think it's so interesting to have you who's been through your financial journey and then you've gotten there and then me at the very beginning, because it's like a very, it's a funny juxtaposition, but it's so important because I want young people to know they can do it, but I want adults to know that they can do it as well. Like you all can do it no matter how much you make, no matter where you come from. Yes. You know, we can all achieve our goals, you know, if we just have to find them and set them. And like I said, you know, understand that you have to map things out. You're not going to get there by accident. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so where can people find you or just um, what are some resources that you want to share with people? I definitely want to share the Dave Ramsey Network. You can listen to them on Sirius XM. They have podcasts. They've got um, different personalities on there that are that they all have something unique to give. They've got Rachel Cruz, they've got Chris Hogan, mm-hmm. they've got Dr. John Deloney, and of course, Dave Ramsey himself, and um, and Anthony, I can't think of his last name, but he deals with a lot with students oh. um, and, and student loan debt. So, I mean, there's definitely, I would, I just think listening to their, their podcasts are powerful. And also, um, you know, Susie Oman, she's still around. 
I mean, she may not be on CNBC anymore, but she has, you know, podcasts that you can listen to, and she has a lot of guiding forces. And I think just looking into the different apps, you know, I mean, you know, with, as far as the budgeting apps, what I'm kind of just dialed into. That's such great advice. And I agree with the apps for you people on your phones all the time, like me. I tried probably five different types of apps, but I finally found Life Budget and Personal Capital, the two that I really love. So not every app will work for you, but just keep trying things, like never give up. <laughs> so Shelly, is there anything else you'd like to share with my audience? I think the main thing is starting the awareness, looking at what what's what's around you what your income is, your expenses, and just being responsible. That is such great advice. I so appreciate you coming on today. I've known you basically my whole life, so it's kind of <laughs> cool. <laughs> and you are just like a wealth of knowledge in many ways, and it's just so cool to hear your perspective on things. So thank you. Well, thank you, Lily Grace. It was my pleasure. Well, Thank you for listening in. Hit that subscribe button if you enjoyed this episode. And if that inspired you, I would love if you shared on your social media platforms and tagged me at lilygrace underscore lifestyle on Instagram. Or you can visit my website at www.lilygraceyork.com to see my show notes and leave a review as well. I would love to hear your feedback, so please tell me everything and anything that you learned today. Stay classy, stay bossy, and stay listening. So if you don't already know, I put out my first product ever with my best friend, Alyssa Elk, this fall. Forte Journal, you can find us at forte.journal on Instagram, is an effortless daily journal inspired to help you find lifestyle motivation and help create direction in life. It is all about self-love and self-care, especially in a climate like this today. We have super cute stickers and new products coming out this fall, so please stay tuned and check us out on Instagram at forte.journal.